Welcome to the I Am African podcast, where excellence isn't just inspired, but demanded. I believe in asking the difficult questions, starting the uncomfortable conversations, proposing outside-the-box solutions, and of course, shaking tables. No, breaking tables, all while being African. I am your host, Vera Ezimora. Hello, all you cool cats and kittens. I don't know why I'm giving you Carol Baskin vibe in episode 12, but hey, that's where we are today. That's where we are. So um, what do I have to tell you before I go right into this interview? Well, first of all, let's start by giving some shout outs. I have two cities as usual. Today is Calgary, Alberta and Brampton, Ontario. Thank you for all the wonderful listeners, sweet potatoes, you guys are awesome. Thank you for listening from these cities and whatever city you're listening from. If I haven't called your city yet, I'll get to it. Um, but thank you so much for listening. We have some new reviews on Apple Podcast. Listen, listen, if you haven't left a review, I don't know what you're waiting for, but you know, I'll forgive you. I think I should start putting the exact link in the show notes. So I'm going to do that for this episode to put the exact link for Apple Podcast so that you can leave a review. Please be cool. Enjoy. I'm begging you, leave a comment, uh, um, a written review. And also rate the podcast. Thank you so much. So let me read one today. Uh, this is from Cheese. Uh, and she says, I think is a she, says, all episodes have been inspiring, informative, and innovative. Three eyes. Keep them coming, one Nem XOXO. Thank you so much, one Nem. Thank you very much. I appreciate the review. Thank you. Uh, next week, I'll read another one. So uh, also, I want to say... For us in the United States, today is Memorial Day. Now, let me let me say something to you guys. Uh, in, I guess this would matter depending on what time you're listening to this podcast. If you listen when it is published at midnight, then maybe this would make a difference. If you listen to it at the end of the day, oh, well. What I wanted to say is Memorial Day is a solemn holiday. It is a day dedicated to think, reflect on our fallen heroes, all the men and women who died during the war. Uh, that's what we're here to do. That's what Memorial Day is for. So it's actually inappropriate to say happy Memorial Day because, I mean, think about it. I don't know who's happy. Um, certainly not the family and friends, right? The loved ones or the fallen heroes. I don't know if any of them is. I mean, it's it's, it's like it's honorable, yes, that your loved one uh, made the ultimate sacrifice for his or her country. But I don't know that any of the loved ones are happy on Memorial Day. So do not say happy Memorial Day. Also, keep in mind, this one is the biggest mistake. So Memorial Day is for our fallen heroes. In other words, people who are not alive anymore. Do not send text messages to your friends and family in the military who are well and alive to tell them happy Memorial Day, unless you know something that they don't. Like, are they dead and they don't know they're dead? Mm -hmm. So please don't do not fire those texts off. Okay. You're welcome. You're very welcome. If you're wondering, well, then how the hell do I celebrate 
Memorial Day? What do I do? Let's not use the word celebrate. What do I do for Memorial Day? Well, I'm glad you asked. Actually, a few things you could do. You could pause at 3 p.m. to reflect, you know, in honor of every man and woman who has lost their life. You can watch the National Memorial Day concert. You can display the U.S. flag. You can go to the grave of a fallen hero, put some flowers there. You can or just visit the National Cemetery or Memorial. You can attend a parade. You can commit your time. You can make a financial donation. You can pray for our fallen heroes and their loved ones. And these are all things you see. You see how many did I just list about? I don't know. Eight, ten. I wasn't counting. So these are all things you could do today. Do not send a happy Memorial Day text. OK, if you do nothing, if you if you don't do any of the things I just said you could do, that's fine. But do not under any circumstance send a happy Memorial Day text to anybody, especially people who are alive. Do not do that. Do not say happy Memorial Day anywhere. Okay? No Facebook, no Instagram. I'm going to put up an Instagram um, post where I list these things. So by the time you're listening to this podcast, it'll probably be up already. So maybe that will help. I don't know. It's going to be at Verastic on Instagram. And if you're not connected with me there, please let's connect. Okay? Now let's go right into today's episode. So today I have Olabisi. I've chased Olabisi for two months. I've never chased anybody this hard. In her defense, she did say yes. We, uh, we just couldn't seem to find it at first. We couldn't seem to find the time that worked for us, especially with the time difference. Uh, not that she said no. I do not chase when people don't when people say no or when they just don't respond because I've had that. When they just don't bother responding, you know, and I don't chase. I may follow up twice, maybe three times at most, but I'm not gonna chase you for three two months. But Olavisi, yes, I've been courting her for the past two months, so she's finally here. What we talked about is basically patriarchal norms, cultural norms that inhibit women that don't serve women, you know, and. That was a really good one. I'm excited that we talked about this. It was a conversation that needed to be had. And when you listen, you see why I was committed to chasing Olavisi down. She's fun. She's a fun person to talk to. You can tell it from look, from reading her Facebook posts. You can tell that she's fun and she's open and she's authentic and she's real. You know, like you can have a real conversation with her. And it's a breath of fresh air. So that's why I invited her on. And I'm glad she came. So listen, and I hope you take several lessons away from it. Uh, thank you for listening, sweet potatoes. Oh, I'm sorry, cool cats and kittens. And when you do listen, let me know what you think, okay? You can slide into my DM. You can tweet at me. You can send an email. The email is iamafrican at verastic.com. Anything, please. I love the feedback. Thank you. Hi, Olavisi. Thank you for coming on the I Am African podcast. You're welcome, Verastic. <laughs> it took for us long. Me on. Ah, it's a pleasure. It took us long enough. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm going to tell them. Woman. I can't do wine. <laughs> That's what happens. I'm going to tell them what you did. Let me, I'll, I'll tell you guys. But first, let me tell you. Uh, a little bit about our guest today, Olavisi. So her name is Olavisi Ajayi Layode, and she is a published 
author and founder of Greenland's Haven Foundation. She is an advocate for the empowerment of women and she blogs under the name Jopa's Daughter. Hey. Hi. Uh, Stop. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for finally being here. Let me tell you guys, I don't I don't remember how I connected with you. Obviously, I don't remember how I knew of you or how I added you as a, I don't remember all those details. Neither do I. Okay, I think yeah. you sent me a message and said, I think you said someone asked you to go to my page, to go to my really? profile, and you liked what you saw and you asked if I could do a podcast with you. Okay, just just see this, just see this woman. No, that's not how we became friends on Facebook. Okay. I already knew you before open? then. I don't know. I don't know. I don't okay, know when. Me, I just know I see your updates, and Ooh. I like your updates on Facebook. I see the things you write, and if I was gonna describe you based on your posts, I would say that you are authentic. Hello. Uh, yeah, can you hear what me? just happened? I heard something better boom. <laughs> I did not <laughs> hear anybody boom here. <laughs> I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it. Did you even hear anything I just said? Or do I need to repeat myself? I, I didn't hear. I heard better boom. No, I did not hear better boom. It's not it's not on this side. <laughs> okay, okay. I've got to okay, yeah, 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 yeah. You said you no, no one referred you to me. No, no. Sorry, I lied. You said Yeah. One one refer- but, yeah, yeah, sure. You said, Madam the Madam. My head was just busting. My shoulder <laughs> was lifting. <laughs> yeah, I like, you, were pr- you were proud, eh? I was proud, <laughs> and arrogant. You said, first time writing to you. I hope you and your family are staying safe from this coronavirus. I'm reaching out today because I started a podcast and I'm itching to have you on as a guest. Honestly, I don't even know yet what I want to talk about with you. But I just know I want to share talk about something with you because I appreciate your realness and candor. Ah, my shoulder is lifting. It's not normal. <laughs> <laughs> it's not normal for an average Nigerian slash African woman to be this authentic. Please say yes and let's move forward. And then I said, you are making my head swell. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. See, see, look, I know how to write love letters, though. I know how to write ah, love letters. Tried, though. You tried, though. You tried. I mean, I mean. You tried to have like this. He won't stand the child. Yeah, see, oh. I didn't even remember that I mentioned the word authentic in there, but that's really how, um, when I read your Facebook posts, that's the sense that I get from you, that you're authentic. Because you, 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 you write about things that, the average person can relate to, but may not necessarily want to put out there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I liked that. So I thought, oh, this would be a great person to have on the podcast to talk about something authentic. And get well, you know, there's some friendships that it, it feels like I've known you forever. I don't know if you feel that way. Because there's some people yeah, you yeah. meet and, you know, you just click and you can't believe that you only just met them. I know. I know. And We've never met, met in person. We've never but... met and you only just started chatting in March. But it's like right. we've known each other for years. Yeah, it certainly feels that way. So you guys see we're we're recording this in May. March is when I started trying to get a live see on this podcast. <laughs> and on Saturday uh huh uh huh <laughs> <laughs> it's the time difference job. Uh-huh, it's sure. the time difference. 
Who told sure. you guys to be so backward in your time? <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there was one weekend we were supposed to record. On a Saturday, she came. You came what? You showed up an hour early. early. We ended up not doing it. The fall, Then we set it for the next day, the very next day, 24 hours later. And mm. she still showed up a whole hour early. So we <laughs> didn't record it. And I woke up early, both days, Saturday and Sunday. And I'm not a morning person. So when we scheduled it for today, I was like, you know what? I'm going to show her. Let me see my true colors. So I scheduled a whole bunch of text messages. I'm like, she's not going to, she will not be able to forget. She's going to be like, messages. I, I'm waiting now. I know. I'm like, I told my friend for me, I was like, she, she, she doesn't even know she had, I was telling her this yesterday. I was like, you don't even know you have more text messages coming in today. I had one for, it's two hours before time. It's one hour before time, 30 minutes, 10 minutes. I was like, this way she will not be late. And you know, guys, I came here and she was already here on time at the right time. So you see, it worked. It worked. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Next time, if you're applying anything with the lab, you see, I would I would suggest that you implement my methods. If you want her to be to be there on time, on the right day and at the right time. <laughs> Otherwise, she might show up in a whole different month at a whole different time. <laughs> I should be telling her, I do not today. You didn't come hey, again. already now. She be here now. <laughs> ah, Lou, I thank God. Yes, ah, your bad wifey. No, 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 no. We're not doing your bad wifey. We're not doing. But we thank you very much. <laughs> Okay, so which, which, although it's obvious, but for those who don't know, what countries are you repping today? Um, I'm, I'm chatting from Britain, Essex. Okay. Essex is okay. a county just outside of London. Awesome. Uh, yeah, but I'm originally Nigerian um, from Isaleko in Lagos State. Okay, awesome. Well, it's so lovely to have you here today. For having me. Mm-hmm. So what we want to talk about, yeah, I'm honored too, because <laughs> I know that you are the perfect person to have this conversation with. What we're talking about today is patriarchal cultural norms uh-huh. that do not, that women adhere to, you know, our women, our uh-huh. and African women adhere to, that do not serve us. Uh-huh. And uh, obviously, please take it away. What are we talking about exactly? You know, um, Initial, yeah, most African cultures are, you know, patriarchal. In fact, cultures of the world, not just African cultures, Asia, yeah. you know, America, everywhere. Yes, but yes. Some are more patriarchal than others. Mm-hmm. And from research, informal research, so it's not that I went to university and did this. <laughs> <laughs> from talking to people who really know about African Nigerian culture, I've come to realize that if so, our cultures are patriarchal, they were not that patriarchal before. You see, mm-hmm. it was the colonialists with the Victorian ideas of puritanism and, you know, such like, that now mm-hmm. introduced their own patriarchy into our own. So it's for, for us women now, it's like double whammy. You understand? Mm. But some of the things that is holding us back now were not actually our culture. That's it interesting. Was the, it was the white man's culture that they brought to us. You understand? Then we've, we've carried it on our head now. And then we've carried it on our head now. You understand? Mm. For example, let me give you an example of divorce. You know, I've been doing this series on my wall. Um, oh, do I? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I even I did your story, didn't I? Yes, you did. Yes, and, you did. Um, yeah, you know, there's this stigma about divorced women in in Nigeria. I don't know about other countries in Africa, but a mm-hmm. divorced woman, especially one who was one that walked out of the marriage, is seen as loose and you know cheap, and is going to be miserable all the red days of her life, and is going right. to regret it. But that's not the reality for a lot of friends that I have that are divorced no. and living their best lives, you know, after living this this abusive marriages. Now, right. traditionally, I'll use my tribe, Yoruba tribe, as a you know, as a because that's what I'm really okay with. That's we have fine. something called um Dale um Dale Mochu. And okay. today, Dale Mochu is seen as a thing of you know shame. You can't is a woman that has lived with a man at, you know, husband. And come back home. It's oh. left in marriage and come back to her parents' house. And okay. it's as, you know, you, you just don't want to be a darling more true. You are bringing stigma to your family. Right. But then I, the, from research and talking to elder people, I found out that it was actually a noble concept in Yoruba culture. Really? That women do not suffer in marriage. Yes. So the father will reserve her own space in his house and say, Look, if this marriage is not working for you, you can come back home. So it was, wow. a, it was a noble concept. But then when the Oibo people came and then they made it stigmatized and then, you know, we now started seeing being the Dale Mochu as a thing to be avoided at all costs. Right, right. Initially, it was not. And that's why if you go to the, if you go to the traditional courts, you see this Yoruba women, this traditional Yoruba women, the uneducated mm-hmm. ones, they get mm. for any reason. They're not exposed to westernization. So they, to, for them, there's no stigma. It's like, it's a right. for, you understand? If you go right. to the traditional courts, you see a woman come and say she wants a divorce because her husband doesn't satisfy her sexually or because he hasn't had sex. She can't stay without sex. Or, right. you know, he's irresponsible. He's not contributing financially. They right. do not for anything that does not work for them. Whereas, right. the, you know, the educated woman will be thinking, oh, if I leave him, if I divorce him, what will people say? You right. know, what will society say? So, yeah. So even though our culture is patriarchal, it's, it, it wasn't as patriarchal as it is now. So what, what mm-hmm. the Nigerian woman has now is double whammy. We've chosen the worst of, you know, the Western culture regarding women and added it to the worst of our own culture regarding women. Hmm. Wow. I also I, I, for example, it was women traditionally, they were very strong. That's why we had the Abang women's riots. Sure, you understand? They were able to mm-hmm. to usurp the um, colonial laws that were not favorable to, to them. But what right. do we have now? What do we have with women now? They're, all, they're just, you know, cowering and can't tap into that strength that traditionally they got the great-grandmothers had because they feel that, all oh, their mothers uh, abided in abusive marriages. So Right. But that's because your mother and your grandmother is the first generation that became westernized. If you right. look at your great-grandmother and your great-great-great-grandmother, no, they did not stay on in, in abusive marriages. I'm glad you brought that up because that's a sentiment that I've heard even long before I 
ever got divorced. That's a sentiment I've heard many times, especially from men. Somebody literally said that on my Facebook wall just recently. Sure. And, I, and, I, and I told him, he, he said, it seems like these days women wear divorce as a badge of honor and mm. our mothers did not. And I, I thought about all the things that I could say to him. And I told him that in the comment that I've thought about all the things I can say to you, but I'm just going to say, okay, <laughs> because mm-hmm. sometimes you're just not in the mood to fight. I'm just like, I'm not in the mood to explain this to you today. I'm, yeah. You know? Yes. Yeah, but that's a sentiment that, you know, our mothers and our grandmothers, they stayed in their marriage. Women of today, they're not staying. And what is now the response to these people? Because what I tell them is our mothers did not know that they had options. Either they didn't have options or they did not know they had options. And I said, women now, um, I suppose we're trying, trying to go back to before uh, the Oibo people came exactly. <laughs> and told us what was wrong. And I suppose we're trying to go back to that. To, yes. To, For example, yeah. I heard that in Igbo culture, um, mm-hmm. Igbo women had crops that they could grow. Like they couldn't grow yam, but they could grow cocoa yam and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So the Igbo woman of antiquity was financially independent. You understand? Right. She had her right. own farm that she was, she was maintaining to support herself. So she mm-hmm. could walk away from an abusive marriage. But what do we have a lot of Igbo women now doing? They are now dependent on their husband. Mm-hmm. You know, and when you are dependent on your abuser, you can't walk away. Yeah. You can't confront right. your bully when he's the bully that is putting food on your table. You right. understand? So that right. is that is that is the problem now. We think that because our mothers Incidentally, my mother didn't take any rubbish because my father didn't ditch any rubbish. And I'm sure if my father tried it, my mother was not the type that would take any rubbish. So all this, my right. mother, she's alien to me. But I'm talking about in a generalized, in in, in, our, in our society. Yes, uh-huh. because of Western culture. Where, where, oh, I could go, I just, I could do this forever. Because Western, do it, do culture, it. <laughs> well, Western culture did not record, recognize women as a legal entity on their own. And that is why mm. we bear misses. Traditionally, we don't bear misses. Our grandmothers didn't yes, bear Yes, I've read about that before. Yes. Uh, our great-grandmothers yeah. didn't bear misses. It is not our culture to bear misses. It is because the Western man felt that women are not cannot be a legal entity. They had to be under a man. They had to be yeah. or misses. You understand? You could, and that is for legal reasons. You could not sue a woman. You could not take a woman to court in, in you know, in this, mm-hmm. in this century and all that, you had to either sue her father or sue her husband. You understand? Her, her owner, right? Yes, her owner. Thank you. Her owner. Right. You sue her owner. So this concept of Mrs. This and Mrs. That, and they and when a woman refuses to be Mrs. This and you know wants to be her father's name, oh, they said, oh, she's too westernized. And is that Western culture, Gongo? That is saying that you have to be Mrs. Right. Right. Does not say that your back culture you are called by your fa- by your mother's name because they feel that is the mother that really knows who you know who she has the child for. You can you which, don't know which is true. Is. Even and even here there's a saying that says uh mama's baby, papa's maybe because yes. you know who exactly. gave birth to the baby. Nobody knows exactly. for sure. Exactly. And when you birth, like when I gave birth uh, in the hospital, my baby was called baby Ezimora, you know, by my mm-hmm. last name, because they know that Vera Ezimora, for real, for real, she had this baby. We all know, exactly. we see this person here who she says is her husband, but, you know, they don't know for sure. Exactly. What they know is that I had the baby. Exactly. And yeah, exactly. even in the Igbo culture... Of your child. 
Yeah. Right. Even in the Igbo culture, when you talk about women, when you're talking about, uh, like, wh- where is this woman from? You say, um, you know, in the, let's say Ezimora. You say, oh, Indibe Ezimora, like she's from Ezimora. Nobody really refers to her as the person whose wife she is. Yes. You know her more from where she's from, the family she's from, you mm-hmm. know? So you know that I'm from Indibe Ezimora, from the Ezimora family, mm-hmm. and not necessarily who I'm married to. Now, what, when, do have, when, what do you have um, a lot of Igbo women doing now? They are now claiming their husband's um, um their husband's yeah. village. Have you heard, do you know that's what is happening? Oh, now? I remember there? I met I always remember this. It was I met this Yoruba lady. Her husband was Igbo, mm. and I was talking with her, and I asked her, "What state are you from?" She said, "We're from Imo." So I said, <laughs> "What state are you from?" She said, "We're from Imo." I said, "But you're Yoruba, yes, but you know she's from Imo." Now I thought that was so interesting because. <laughs> Um, when I got married, I never took tribe. Yeah, yeah. I, I. It's almost like it's seen as like you being rebellious, right? If you don't Mm. take your some people even take their husband's first name, second, Mm. last name. And Mm. for me, I guess I'm not personally against somebody doing it, and I Mm. can't even tell you that. If I ever remarry, I don't know. I already mentioned that I'm not going to remarry, likely. Mm-hmm. But if I ever did remarry in the future, I don't know if I would take my husband's name. I didn't for when I was married uh, in this marriage. I walked. I did not. I never took uh, his name. Um, so I, I, I've been very more consistently. And so I don't know if that's something I will do in the future. So I don't know if, if I ever marry, if I'm going to take the person's name. Mm. Uh, so far, I didn't when I was married before. But I, as long I as understand. it's a choice, you know, as long as it's a choice, I, I don't care. If you want to be all your husband's, all his name, but don't be forced, you know, don't be forced no, to something you don't want to do. That is the bottom line. Don't be forced. Don't let anyone coerce you. And right. get you know, make an informed decision. Don't let someone say that if you don't bear misses, it's because you are too Western. Let them know that actually, um, it's even Western culture that says you have right. to bear misses. Our culture says you are called by either your mother's name or your father's name. You know, Christianity says you are called by your father's name. Islam says it's in Islam it's even it's even um um forbidden to bear a man's name that is not your father. Understand? Oh. So when they come at yes, in Islam, yes, Islam forbids misses this. Yes, Islam says you have to be called by your father's name and your father's father's name only. So all these people that are coming at you with them, you are not bearing misses this. You are too westernized. Make an informed decision. Don't let anyone coerce you into something. If you decide to be misses this, let it be because you really want to be misses this, not because people are forcing you to be misses right. this, so that you don't want them to think that you are too westernized. Make an informed decision. So, what do you what do you think about a kid, a child bearing his or her mother's name? As long as it's you know it's it, what 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 is the background to the child bearing you know um uh, his or her mother's name? Because the child has no choice. You see, the child the child bearing his or her mother's name is the choice of the mother or the father. You understand? Mm-hmm. So what, why is the child bearing the mother's name? Is it because the father well, denied responsibility? And they want to be involved. I've heard a story of a woman who gave her son her last name uh, mm-hmm. because the father did not want to be involved. And so the boy grew up bearing his mother's name. Mm-hmm. And then when he got married or wanted to get married, the family of the bride were like, no, you need to bring your father. 
but mm. the father has never been in his life and, mm. and they wanted him to now answer his father's name which is madness to mm-hmm. me because he wasn't in his life now mm. in the evil culture uh i don't know if you knew this but in the evil culture if you don't pay a woman's bride price mm. and yeah, she gets no. pregnant the mm. child is not yours mm. right? the child mm. belongs mm. to her father mm. yeah mm. yeah so that's another example uh of a child possibly bearing he, his or her mother's name mm. um yeah and of course there's also the thing that um i i don't know if people still do it now but mm. i know like in it in the evil family if the man say he doesn't he never gets a a son his mm. daughter could potentially mm. go as they say go outside and get pregnancy <laughs> mm-hmm. get pregnancy outside and bring it home mm-hmm. and and the child or children will bear her father's name mm-hmm. for the sake of continuing the the mm-hmm. name you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. so that's i yeah that's another that's example that's cultural I think it's a beautiful culture because that means it takes power away from men where um, they refuse to acknowledge the child and the child has no other recourse to bearing his name. I think, um, uh, oh, there was, there's something else in the Bible. Oh, this is my my forgetfulness. As I was talking, I suddenly remembered that there's a parallel to that in the, in the Bible. Yeah. But you see, I think it's a good culture. So no man will say, I don't want this child, but and the child will not be able to bear any other name. If right, you don't want right. you don't, the bride price, you don't want the mother. Okay, you don't want the child too. If you want the mother, you want if you want the child, you want the mother. So I think it's kind of a protection. I think it's a beautiful I think it I, I don't I, I actually think that, that 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 um culture is it's a lovely one and I think it's pro women. So that a, mm-hmm. a woman that, that has that's pregnant and the man refuses to pay her bride price is not stuck with a child that has to be his. Mm. That's my own. That's own. That's own. That's how I see that culture. I don't know if it's right, but I actually think that that culture is pro women. I like the culture. In fact, I like the idea of a child bearing the mother's name uh, for whatever circumstance that they might have gone to to end to put them there. I I just like that. That's even an option. Uh, of course, it's one of those things that, that also has some stigma to it because people would say, "Oh, you know, wh- why is a child bearing? That means you, you don't have a father. You know, you're a bastard it's baby, that whatever." It's that Western thing that has not brought this stigma right. because our right. The, the, the ancestors, the ancestors that did that um, rule were they fools? Mm-hmm. They were not fools now, but because we are now westernized and we think that a man must accept a child, a man must accept a child, that it's now become stigmatized. But I think it's a beautiful culture that protects women. Yeah, and when they say that children, a child is a bastard because his father is not in his life, I'm, I'm thinking. You know that the child was made by a man, some man somewhere. His because the woman did not make the child by herself, so it's impossible for a child to not have a father. The child will not know that, who the father is. I that there's no equal word for bastard. There's no there's no concept of bastard in Igbo culture. That's what I heard. That there's no equal word for bastard. I would be surprised. I'm not the best Igbo speaking person to confirm or deny that, but I would be surprised. <laughs> like there's no Igbo. <laughs> yeah, I heard there's no Igbo word for bastard. There's no concept of the child being a bastard in Igbo. In Igbo land. Just like in Yoruba culture, too, we, have, we say Bogolomo, all children are children. 
no no child mm. share your hand is an outcast. Right. But westernization right. has not made us feel that a woman has to be married right. you know, before she has a child. That's very interesting uh, because that's always an argument that people make about uh, the woman must, you know, the Bible says a, a man must leave his, his blah, blah, blah. He join with the woman, you know, a woman. Oh, you know what? This lets me piggyback onto something else. What are your thoughts on submission? Because that's a big one. When you talk too much, they'll bring up the Bible. Women submit to your wife, to your husbands. Right. So what are your thoughts on submission? If you want to submit, it should be your choice. Nobody should be forced to What does but what, what does that even mean? Because I feel like culturally, we don't even know what submission. When men bring up submission, what I'm what I'm hearing them say is, control. a woman must do what the husband says. Yes. A man if has the last word control. in every argument, no matter. So, yeah, that's what even if, the argument. If what the man is doing is detrimental to you, right? You he's your husband. He's I, your head. You know, when I got married, there was no um to obey in my vows. I, and I mm-hmm. later asked my reverend, I said, well, why didn't you say um, I, to obey? He said, because, you know, even God does not force us to obey him. So why should you obey another Very person? true. Very true. Free will. He's shown us the way. If you want to go this way, fine. But it's not by force to follow him. It's not by force to, to sure you understand. You felt you right. the consequences, but he doesn't force you. He doesn't force himself on you. So why should you, right. why should another person, another human being force themselves on you? Why should you be submissive to something that's detrimental to you. You understand? Right. Right. If marriage is a partnership, yeah, and if this person is doing something that you know is for your own good and it's for your own well-being, nobody will tell you anything before you even submit. You understand? Right. It should be your choice. It shouldn't be something that you are forced into, whether it works for you or not. And I find that men that are that that throw that submission submission, they are usually bullies and control freaks. I completely I completely agree. A I man agree. a human being on your own will not be forcing you to be submit to him. What's the need? Are you his child? Yeah, and another thing, I saw, I was reading something on Twitter the other day, and the argument was about marriage, saying that if somebody was asking the question that if husband and wife are supposedly equal in the marriage, then who's the head of the household? And what who's the leader? You see, this right. is what I there shouldn't be an absolute head. There will be different heads at different times because you both have our strengths and our weaknesses. You understand? Let me give an example right. of mine. Me, I'm not good with finances. But my husband is good with budgeting and keeping to, to plans. Okay, so, okay. So, yes, when it comes to finances, he's the head. But right. I don't know what my strength is now. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Fighting for women's independence and rights. <laughs> so, I mean, as in, as in being part of a marriage, I don't know what my I know, I know. <laughs> well, I, I know. I'm pretty sure it's not with keeping time. Uh, so <laughs> your husband will be the head for that one too. <laughs> yeah, so he's very good with keeping time. Yeah, but there'll be things that I would be very good at. I can't remember now. <laughs> <laughs> my wife material is never up to one year told me. <laughs> but you have a husband yeah, so there is hope <laughs> oh my god anyway, <laughs> whatever I'm better as I should be the leader in that thing okay let me use right. a 
has that, that I can think of. Maybe maybe um a woman is more prudent, you understand, than the man. Right. And she's able right. to save. So why should the man be the head if it's the woman that knows how to save? If the man is a right. spendthrift or he gambles or, you know, why should he be the head in, in, in charge of the, of the household? Right. So, I, I don't believe that my, there should be an absolute head. I think that there should be different heads depending on the situation. So let's have partner use their strength when that strength is required. Yeah, because and also I think that pe when people are asking questions like you know who's the head of the household and who's the leader, I oh. think the person that is asking this question is a person who does not know what marriage is supposed to be about. Exactly. Because sometimes people think that marriage is you know like you you're it, it's not like it's not a country where there is a leader or mm. or or a company where it's like I own this company, I make all the decisions. So you do what I say or, I, or you get fired. Because that's how people seem to look at marriage. Like the yeah, man is the owner of this marriage. And, and supporting it. Exactly. exactly. The um, there can be two captains in a ship. Come on, shut up. Before you become right. a captain, you, you don't just wake up to become a captain. You go through right. years of, you know, training. You even To right. become a captain, you have to be even under another captain first. You understand? Right. You don't just drag another person into your life and say you are going to be the captain of the two of you. No. You understand? Mm -hmm. For, for, for mm -hmm. the for the man to be the captain of that ship, the man has to have proven, has to have been trained. You understand? You have to be able mm -hmm. to have to prove that yes, you are capable of this mantle that is being placed on you. No, you don't demand to be the captain of this ship and then go and wreck us. No. Mm. Another thing, even though I don't remember the exact Bible verse or how it goes, uh, yeah. but the part where Jesus was talking to his disciples mm -hmm. and he's telling them in order for them to, I'm paraphrasing, in order for them to lead, they must serve. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. So another thing mm -hmm. I think about in mind, when you're saying, I want to be the leader, I want to be the leader. Mm -hmm. Do you well, know that being the leader means that you serve your yeah. wife? You want to be the leader of the household, you serve your wife. Exactly. Do you understand that that's what that means? Because no, they oh, don't. Oh, what oh, they, they want, want to that. do is where, where, you know, metaphorically wear the pants in the house. You know, they mm -hmm. tell you we can't mm -hmm. two of us can't wear the pants in the house. She's dragging mm -hmm. trousers with me. Mm -hmm. Metaphorically, you want to wear the pants in the house, you want to come home and say and beat your chest and say, I am the man, what I say goes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You, know, you can do that to your kids, you know, when you tell your children this is my house, <laughs> as long mm -hmm. as you're under my roof, you can abide mm -hmm. by my roof. But they are mm -hmm. your children, so that's understandable. Your wife mm -hmm. Is not your child, you know. Mm -hmm. She's a grown ass woman. That's mm -hmm. why you married her. So mm -hmm. you, you don't you don't talk to or talk down mm -hmm. to your wife like she's your kid. And whatever you say, you know, they say, "Oh, lower me," or whatever that thing is. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. the owner of my head. You must do what he says. As as daddy, mm -hmm. daddy, as, as daddy said that this is how we we'll do it. So this mm -hmm. is how we we'll do it. And I'm like, I don't think that's what it's supposed to be. You know, mm -hmm. that's a misunderstanding of what of what marriage is. But for me, uh, now that I've gone through marriage, of course, my ears uh, are very, very um, sensitive <laughs> to what people are saying. So I'm mm -hmm. like, if I'm talking to somebody and you say something that remotely sounds like you're looking for to play follow the leader with your wife in your house, then I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> that's okay. I've I been I've been leader. here before. Yes, follow the leader. I've seen this movie before. I don't like how it ends, so thank you. I'll pass. But yeah, you know, because I, I've, I've been through it, so I understand it a lot better now. 
And so if you say anything that remotely sounds like that, I'll be like, no, thank you. <laughs> I don't want to do it again. I have something else to also ask you uh, about these norms, cultural norms. Uh-huh. The one about the women have to keep the home. It's the woman that keeps the home. Hey, I beg you, take this. Everybody that keeps the home, even the children too, should be partaking in keeping <laughs> the home. <laughs> and when, women build the home. Women keep the home. What burdens on on women to keep the marriage, to keep the home? It is a woman right. that keeps the home. So what does the right. man do? The tenant at the okay. That's the question. That is the question. What does the man do? The tenant now. Yeah. that if he misbehaves, the woman can throw him out. Then she's the right. one that that owns the home, that keeps the right. home. Abuse the home. Yeah, but it's always uh people pick and choose when it's the woman yes. that keeps the home. You yes. know, she keeps the home, but yes. she's still not the head of the household. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, she's the one that's keeping the home, working to keep the home, but she's right. still not the head. She's still the subordinate. Right, right, right. Exactly. She still must do what the husband says, whether it's exactly. right, whether it's exactly. right or wrong. Okay, now stepping away from marriage, what do you think about single women? Uh, whether they are divorced or widowed or just never married, but single women who are like focused on their career. I read something mm. the other day on Facebook also. Mm. And actually it was in a group. It was one, one of those groups. Sometimes I read things in groups and I just quietly exit the group because <laughs> I don't want people to make me angry. So I didn't like, I'm not, on. because I, sometimes you read something, you know, I need you respond with the emotions, the way you're feeling it. You know, it wouldn't be nice. So when I read things like that, I just quietly exit the group. Or if it's, if it's a friend, a Facebook friend that types, puts up some kind of status that is derogatory to women, I just quietly mm. unfriend unfriend because mm. I said mm. I, I'm not going to fight with you. But mm. um, single women who are climbing maybe the corporate ladder or they are focused on their career mm. and they are not ready to quite settle down. Because I read this mm. thing from somebody saying, oh, you know, you want to marry a woman and she's telling me I'm not ready. She's already 25 and she, she wants to um, go back to school or do more with her career. And next mm. thing she's 30 and she's not married. So his advice basically was women, get married when you can. You know, like like once there's a suit or collect him now before he changes his mind. Or before you get to we see marriage as um but when I read my inbox and um this this ladies will say um and I met him and he said he wants to marry me right. and I agreed and no you have a choice. Right. You know? right. Nigerian women don't seem to get that. That Nigerian women seem to think that they are sitting down, they have to sit down and wait, right. you know, for to pick right. me, choose to me. Chosen. Yes. yes. Chosen. No, marriage is a yeah. choice. You can decide to. You can decide. I don't want to marry this person. No, right. you don't have to marry the first person that asks you. You know to marry him. Right. That is something right. we need to disabuse our minds of. A lot of women just say yes just because you know they think that they have to say yes to anybody. Right. You just said, eh, women, you better marry now before you. And that's that's the mentality. Ah, let me quickly marry this one in case nobody comes again. Right, you know? right. And then they right. end up being with the wrongest person. Now, concerning ch- chasing your careers and everything, life is life is full of uncertainties, and you can never predict. You can never control what other people do. The only thing you can control are your own actions. You, you right. Understand? And um, marriage, family, I believe, is in the hand of God. Honestly, there's nothing you can do about marriage. You can't make the other person feel for you. Yep. What you feel for them, but every yep. other thing 
needs your inputs. You understand? Like you want to have a child, then have sex. If you can, if you can have children naturally, then do IVF or whatever you need to do. You understand? If you want to progress in your in the corporate ladder, then go back to school or go and do training or go and do internship. You understand? All these things mm-hmm. need your inputs. So why don't you do the things that need your inputs instead of waiting and putting your life on hold for that thing that you have no control over, which is love. You have right. no control over love. Love will happen to you when it will happen to you. You can't force right. another person to love you the way you love them. No, so you can't. So in the meantime, why would you put your life on hold? Go and travel. Go and buy that car that you... For, my sister had, has a very good job. And then she was she was going to buy land and she was like, oh, I can't because I'm still single. But I was <laughs> like, really? So you mean that the man you want to marry is a man that will be feeling angry because you've already bought land? Is that the right. kind of man you really want to spend the rest of your life with, you know? And that's when she borrowed herself sense and said, yes, actually, I will buy this land. I have the money and I'll buy it. Don't put your yeah. life on hold for that thing that you have no control over. You understand? Yeah. If you, if yeah. you, 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 if you don't value yourself, nobody will value you. And that's why when I, louder. you know, if you don't value yourself, nobody will value you. And that's when I look, about, look back at my life, I realize that, the reason why I went through abuse was because I made myself available for abuse. You understand? Mm-hmm. The kind of abuse I went through some 20, 25, 15 years ago, that cannot happen to me now because I survived right. myself now. So right. why are you waiting for love to happen to you? Place yourself on such a you know pedestal that somebody will have, that the person that comes to yourself will know that right. you Don't place yourself on the floor because you want right. something from the floor. No, go on with your life. Don't put your life on hold. If you want to progress in your career, progress in your career. Don't think right. that you should put your life on hold for a man that will not appreciate. Is that really the kind of man you want to be with? A man that will not appreciate you being your best? You understand? No. We have these conversations with ourselves. Two, do you really want to be with a man that is so insecure with your light shining that you now feel that you have to dim your light even before you meet the man so that the man will meet it's a insane. It's insane, isn't it? You know? Yeah. I want you to never yeah. meet a man. You know, because there are some people that will never marry. It's not like yeah. them or anything. But there are some things, people that will never marry. So why don't you just try and live a fulfilled life in the meantime and still continue to live your fulfilled life? Why must you put your life for something that may or may not happen. Yeah, women, uh, you know, they do things like um, don't buy a big car, you know, yeah, don't buy a house. Buy don't build house. Right. All those don't things, travel, are, you know. Don't travel, don't travel around the world. All right. Things, the only time you can even do them, a lot of things, the only time you can do them is when you're single. I know, so I know. Traveling. Even buying a house, self. When you have, a, when you have kids, you may not have that money to not right. have so when right. it's you and you alone, it's the time to buy all these things that you can buy. It's the time to travel because when you now, even without kids, once you get married, you have to get your husband on board with you traveling. Right, right, right. You're a single one, as long as you have the money and you are able to take time off work or your business can afford for you to go, you get up and go. But when yeah. you, now, you, now, you now have another human being, because obviously you won't want your own husband to, to be getting up and just traveling anyhow. anyhow of course. <laughs> of course. You don't want him to be like, eh, I love you, see me. 
Yeah, I'm trying. Have, I said you don't want your husband to say to you, well, obviously, I'm going to Nigeria next week. Oh, if you want, come. If you want, don't come. But I'm going. <laughs> I have a friend. She's not Nigeria. Her husband, <laughs> her husband just called her. I'm at the airport. I'm going home. Home is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> home is Uganda. So one day she came, she said, Can I talk to you? Ah, me, I was worried outside. Ah, is there something wrong with management? She said, No, it's not work related. That she just wants to confide in me that her husband is not at home. I said, Where is he? Says in Uganda. I said, Is there a problem? She said, she He just called her from the airport and said, He's on his flight. She said, for the first time, that he does it a lot, and that she's getting tired. She's getting tired. Oh, he's getting tired. When he gets to Uganda, his phone will be unavailable for the two weeks or three weeks. That he's wow. wow. So, you know, so, if you don't want that to, you don't want your husband to just pick his passport and say, actually, I'm leaving tomorrow, then you still shouldn't do that to your husband. So, that means you want to travel, you have to get your husband on board. Not necessarily permission, or yeah. just share you understand. So, that means that. Try and do it while you are single. If you have the money, travel the world. You know, buy those fancy clothes that you want to buy. Invest in chairs that you want to invest in. Because when you get married, you will not be able to just do things just like that. You will have to right. get the other person on board. And then when the kids come, you may not have the finances again. So right. live your best life. Live intentionally. Live for the moment. Like you did. I remember you went to what country was that that you went yeah, to? Mar- I came back Mar- from Istanbul and a few months ago yeah. I went to Marrakesh, and those are places yes. that I wanted to go to. Yeah, I, I remember. To, um, Marrakesh for my fiftieth, and my husband was like, "Ah, yeah, 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 I'm not going to Marrakesh. I'm going to Dubai." I said, "No, I'm not going to Dubai. I don't want to go to Dubai for my fiftieth. Hey, but I'm the one paying." I said, ah, "Okay, I'll pay now." I was like, "No, no, no." <laughs> I said, "Okay, eh, hey, son." That's just our passports. Okay, well, daddy, we are going to Marrakesh for two weeks. <laughs> we'll see when we get back. <sighs> yes, live your, life, I, live I, your best life. Will. Yeah, I com- I com- I completely agree. And I think you know, marriage is is beautiful. You know, two people trying to live their lives as one. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. that's all good, but it doesn't stop you from being. A, you're still an individual. You're not yes. literally one person. You're yes. still two people. You just while you are growing together. Yeah. You should yeah. also leave room for individual growth while you are growing as one. You understand Absolutely. while you are forming one entity. You also have to recognize that you are two individuals. So you should also have room for your own individual growth. You know, your husband should have room for his own growth. You should have room for your own growth too. While you are mm. pro- while you are living life together. Okay. Um, a question, because I know you're raising a boy. And I know that for me, growing up as a girl, you know, teach me things like, oh, you know, you make sure you make your bed in the morning, you know, because when you get married now, you know, your husband would not want you to not make the, you know, things like that, right? You Mm -hmm. need to know how to cook or because your husband would, it's always about the husband and the kids, Mm -hmm. mostly the Mm -hmm. husband. So Mm -hmm. what is it like, or how are you raising your boy? Do you tell him things like, do this for your wife? You're going to need to do this for your wife. Not in a bad way, but like just Mm -hmm. what, what what do you mean for him? You see, because I'm I'm quite laid back about life, so I'm not enforcing rules of you have to make your bed because of your wife. But what I've made very, very sacrosanct for him is 
that you cannot touch a woman without her consent. Consent, mm. consent, consent. You understand? Like, even if you are in the process of kissing and you are getting carried away, the moment she says, stop it, you understand? You have yeah. to stop it and zip it. Even if she still, if, even if she comes back and she says, eh, actually, I want again. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. so that is, what is, that is what is sacrosanct for me. But all this one of you have to cook. I remember one day I called him, I said, come and learn how to, to make stew. You know, he was like, eh. I said, ah, no, because I don't want a woman to to do shakara for you and say that she's not cooking <laughs> for you. You know, right. I don't want a woman to do shakara for you and say she's right. not cooking for you. And he was like, why would she do that? I said, ah, you know, why? he was like, why, 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 why would she do that? So I said, because you can't cook, so she'll be doing shakara. He was like, why would that affect me? Me, I was feeling cool with my life. I was thinking, ah, I said, so why won't it affect you? I thought he was going to say, because my mother has taught me how to cook. You know what he said? <laughs> he said, I will order food. <laughs> now these these new generation kids, they <laughs> the new generation kids, they're, they're not about that cooking life. No, they're know. not about it. So no, they're, they're not, not about, about it. it. No. Um, so he said, and I'll order food. I said, but every day you'll be ordering food. So every day you'll be ordering food. You have to learn how to cook. He said, Mom, I know how to make tea. I know how to make cereal. Yeah. I know how to make noodles. That's okay for me. Oh God. So, but. The new generation kids are not about that cooking life. They no, they're are... not. Even girls too. Some girls are not about that cooking life. And really, really, if I had a girl, I don't think I'll be. I'll teach her to be about that cooking life. I'll teach her to excel. In fact, if I had a girl, I'll probably be harder on her to excel than if I was mm-hmm. than, I, than I am on on Toby because society automatically favors the man. You understand? Right. But right. for a girl, I will push her to excel. Yes, I will not, you know. I will not push her to know how to cook. I will not push her to learn how to make bed because when she excels and has a good career, she will be able to get somebody right. and pay for somebody to make the bed. Right. You understand? Right. And that for me is right. more important. That for me is more important that she has financial independence, financial power is more important than for her to be able to know how to cook. Yes, cook, cool, cool, but for me, cooking is not a life skill. I've had this. I've had this discussion so many times. People tell me that it's a life skill. No, swimming is a life skill. Learning how to drive right. is a life skill. Cooking right. is not a life skill. No, it isn't. Because you can still eat even if you don't know you how to. You can still eat even if you can't cook. Yeah. I'm not the yeah. best cook. But I can go to the kitchen and chop tomato and onions and fry it. And I'll eat right. it with bread. And right. what is Maggie there for? And I'll put Maggie in it, you know? And yeah. I'm okay. So, no, cooking is not a life skill. But pushing your your daughters to excel in their studies to reach for the top to know that they have the strength inside of them you know right. it's very very important and i would say right. it's more so for a girl than for a boy because like i said society by default favors the man i my daughter is four um but um, I, I i teach her things like that like tell her you can be anything that you want to be uh this reminds me of when she was was it two years old and i was telling her she could be anything she wanted to be and she told me she wanted to be a was he a tiger i was like no that's that's, <laughs> that's not what i meant <laughs> this is her. You, said, you said i could be anything. I was like, not an animal <laughs> No, no, no. That's not what I meant. 
my kids, you know, kids are they are fun. They they say they say these weirdest things that you're just like <laughs> as a traditional Nigerian parent, you know, you're like, God forbid my child do not be a tiger. <laughs> You will not be a tiger in Jesus' name. <laughs> I remember when we were younger, and my cousin, they said to him, what do you want to be when you grow up? He said, I want to be a dust green man. I like how much. His mother has in him. You will not be a dust green man in Jesus' name. <laughs> oh, God. I still, I still, like, you know, kid, you know, in, in, in the West, you know, they, um, when you see cartoons or kids shows that have characters mm. like witches and mm. Satan, you know they make they make it fun for the kids, mm-hmm. right? But as an Nigerian mm. parent, you know you, you're like no, no. And I remember I was in Fumi's house and Fumi's daughter, she's three, was running around saying, "I'm a witch, I'm a witch." I have fun. Stop saying that. <laughs> I remember one one Oibo person knocked on my door and said, "We're doing a survey." So uh-huh. they asked some questions. So they said, oh, how many kids do I have? I said, one. He said, oh, is he an angel or a devil? I said, I reject that. How come I can't be a devil? Please, he's an angel. I said, no. listen, I'm a black woman. Understand no. the audience. You don't ask a black woman if a child is a devil. No. Our children are always angels. Yeah, exactly. The poor chick, the poor the girl said I'm a witch and she even had a broom, she was running. <laughs> Trying to fire the broom. <laughs> You're not a witch in Jesus' name. Exactly. You're not a witch in Jesus' name. They can't say this in the name of Jesus. You're not a witch. <laughs> But um, now I want to ask you. I want to ask you. But what? But the point I was trying to make was basically that I try to teach my child that mm, she can, can be anything. anything. Right now, yeah. she tells me she wants to be a doctor for kids, mm. and she tells me, "Do I remember when she was a kid?" I said, "Yeah, sure." Because mm. in her mind, she's I guess she's not a kid anymore. Uh, mm. But right now, she wants to be a doctor for kids, and I don't force it. I don't force it on her. Uh, I don't expect her to be saying this years from now as i know that's mm. the place she's in but i do try to encourage her and say you know you can do anything you want to be mm. especially for me you know because you know every like mother's day or every international women's day we see that quote that says about strong women may we know them may we be them may we raise mm. them so mm. i'm like mm-hmm. i'm a strong mm-hmm. woman i know i'm a strong woman but i'm also raising mm. a child a girl and i want it's her to be a strong woman too mm-hmm. and not just for me telling her that she's a strong woman but i want her mm-hmm. to see the, the strength in me in and you. i want her to mm-hmm. to be able to yeah yeah so like for example on divorce what do you teach or would you teach your child? I don't, I haven't discussed that with my child yet because she's only four. But when mm. she's older, I do intend to tell her that divorce is an option. I don't yes. want her to have to get divorced. Mm-hmm. But I will teach her that it is Not all Not woman walks out of a happy marriage now. Not right. saying woman walks right. out of a happy marriage. But she, yeah, she has to know that it's an option. Not the first option. Right. You understand? If her life right. is not at risk, it's not the first option. But Definitely. it should always be an option. And you know, I feel that for a marriage to work, this is my own personal theory. Mm-hmm. Both partners have to know that the other person is a catch. Do you understand? Yep. Like, yep. I know that if my husband, if I if I misbehaved, if I messed up and my husband left me or I left him, I know that he's a catch. I know that right. you know, any woman that that is with him is lucky. You understand? Right. And right. he also should know that if he messes up and I leave him, 
or he leaves me, that Bumi mm-hmm. will be okay. You right. understand? She's a right. catch. She understands. So that is how the marriage works. So they should know, both of them should know that divorce is an option in this marriage. And that is how both of them will work to make it work. Mm-hmm. You understand? Mm-hmm. But when one partner is feeling that the other person, for that other person, divorce is not an option, they are going to die in this marriage. Right. But, you know, their life depends on this marriage. Right. That's when they start messing up. That's yeah. when they start messing up. Yeah, I agree that people should always know that I can walk away. Yes, that, you yes. Know, and, and I can from, walk away, and you, yeah. you should know too that your partner can walk away. Yeah, yeah. And that is when both of you now decide that, okay, we are not walking away. We are going to make this thing work. Right, right. And also, for me, I intend to tell my daughter uh, that she will always have a place in my house, you know. Definitely. She can be married, she can have 20,000 kids, you Definitely. always have a place here. It's not going to be like, ah, you're married now, go back to your husband's house. Because that mm-hmm. happens mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. where women don't have that support from mm. their family. That's, but, yeah, that's when they now stay on in this. Um, that's one of the reasons why I set up those shelters. That's yeah. one of the reasons why women stay on in dead end marriages because they have, their families won't take them back and they don't have anywhere to go. They don't have financial power to get the place. So, yes. That's yeah. Parents all need to let their daughters know that you you know you you always have a place here. My my grandfather had seven daughters and four sons, mm-hmm. and of the seven daughters, I think four came back home. Okay. Four, four left their abusive or unhappy marriages and came back home. And you see, then I didn't know that my my grandfather was a feminist. I didn't know that he was a heavy. Right. I, when I when I became a, because I flirted with the Pentecostal Christianity at a point, and I I actually used to look at it as a bad thing that my aunties were back at home. You understand? Right. I used to think that it was a generational curse and this and that. I think I get the spirit of going back to my father's house. You understand? Mm. Because then too, I was not woke. I thought that you had to die in marriage, whether right or not. Right. But, you know, we need to let our daughters know that yes, so you can come back home. Divorce is an option. I will always have your back. Yeah. Yeah. I literally tell her that these days that I always have your back. I always tell her mm. that. And and I'm glad you, something you just said, you know, when you get married for better, for worse. And I try to explain to people that, you know, it, you know, I would like how to say till death do us part. Right. And I'm like, it doesn't mean that your spouse should be the one to kill you. you to know? kill you. Yes. Yeah. It, for better, it, it, for it worse, not to mean that. Your life, right. your partner will make your life worse. No, right, right. It oh. just means you know, for better, for for whatever when life you are, you, are, you are living life together, whatever life throws at the two. Right, things that you have not, not you, not you make my life worse. No, yeah, yeah. And sickness yeah, that doesn't mean that you not bring sickness to me. STD. Right, right, right. No, it means that when we are both in good health. we are together. When we are both in, when one of us or both of us are in bad health, we take care of each other. It yeah. doesn't mean that you now come and be going up and down bringing. <laughs> <laughs> and you tell me it's for better for yeah, worse. Like, yeah, this no. is not what I signed up for. But mm-hmm. one no, of the no, thing, no, no, no. one other thing we talked about, or I want to circle back to, is money and women mm. and independence. Mm. Uh, mm. As an Igbo girl, I've been told too many times about Igbo people. You know, people like money too much. Igbo mm. girls like money. Igbo girls like money. And mm. then when I ask, well, who doesn't? And nobody mm. has ever raised their hand to tell me they don't like money. Mm. Uh, 
when I was a kid, I used to daydream about my future and, you know, mm-hmm. my mar- my marriage and the money I'll make and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I never, I, I had, I only realized when I was older that in all my imaginations, I had not mm-hmm. imagined the money that my husband would make. Like mm-hmm. in my mind, when I was imagining, I was always, I was always thinking about my money. Your like, money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was thinking about the businesses I wanted to own, all mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. I didn't stop to think about my husband taking care of me. Hmm. Uh, that was not in my imagination. And hmm. for me, I grew up with two parents who both had jobs. Both of my parents hmm. are doctors. They hmm. always had jobs. That was my norm. Hmm. Uh, my dad brought money for the major things, you know, like food or whatever. But, mm. but my mom, it wasn't like if my dad wasn't there that I couldn't mm. ask my mom for money or mm. she would say, well, let's wait for your father to go. That was never a thing because mm. they, they both had jobs. So that mm. was my norm. And so when I was imagining all my money in the future, it was always my money. But I had this boyfriend one time who told me, I was having a hard time when he told me this. I didn't mm. have a job. Mm. And that was during the the recession of two thousand. Yeah, mm. couldn't get a job, and he told me that he was concerned mm. <clears throat> because what if he needed money? Basically, my unemployment meant that I was unable to cater for him if he ever needed something from me, and mm. that really struck me because it was then I realized wait till. I haven't even stopped to think about you taking care of me. I've never asked you for a penny. Shouldn't I be the one wondering if you can take care of me? I mean, I'm, I'm the woman. That's what, you know. But mm-hmm. I hadn't, I had never had that thought. I'd never thought about it. So the fact that he said it, so needless to say, yeah, I broke up with him. But the point I'm trying to make is independence, financial independence and women. And I know you can't force a woman, as I've been told, you can't force her to do what she doesn't want. And I'm not trying to imply that if you are a stay-at-home mom or wife, Mm. I'm not trying to imply that you are less than a person. Mm. I Mm. am, however, of the opinion that the woman should be independent or yeah. at least have her own thing mm. even if your own thing is not enough to sustain you if shit hits the fan mm. i think that you should have your own thing have something i totally agree with you and i also believe that when a woman has her own money she has the husband respects her i've, mm-hmm. I've had i have so many friends yeah it also earns respect can you understand when you have your own money. If a woman, if it's a, like how it's, it's all about choice. If a woman decides that she wants to be a stay at home mom because she believes that she's the best person to look after the kids, fine. Hmm? Mm-hmm. But is there any recompense for her? Because it right. is a full time job. Is mm-hmm. the husband going to be giving her some kind of money so that she won't have to be going to meet him for money for, um, for sanitary pad and stuff like that? <laughs> Right. Yes. Right. It has to be a choice. It has to be an agreement between the two of them. What I don't, what I don't agree with, is a woman being forced to be a stay-at-home mom. No. Yeah. That's not. To be a stay-at-home mom, fine. But then she also needs to have her money because what she's doing is a full-time job. It is. It is. She needs to have her money as well. Mm. Okay. Yes. I. I. I definitely think that woman has to have something and not just because when I sometimes I was talking to a friend of mine who is, he's the breadwinner of his house, of his home. Mm. His wife Mm. doesn't work. And his point that he was making to me, he's African, not Nigerian. The point he was making to me is that that's the job of a man to take care of his household. And I was like, 
well, I appreciate that. And I wasn't even telling him for him to make his wife go to work. He was saying it about me because I was saying that he was making a statement about how when I remarry, I wouldn't have to work. And I was telling him, I always work. I, mm. I was working before when I was married, so I was like, I, my marital status does not affect my job. So mm. that's how we got into this conversation. But he was saying to me that he felt I that he, I'm feeling this way because, you know, of my marriage not working out. Perhaps I'm feeling jaded and I don't trust men. And I feel like if I marry and I depend on the man that he's going to fail. And I was like, no, it's not that at all. I had a job when I was mm-hmm. married mm-hmm. anyway. So it's not mm. that. But I think that as, like, as a person... It makes me feel like I'm bringing something to the table. It makes me feel like I'm doing something for myself. I'm not just sitting down there and mm-hmm. depending. Cause it's it's very weird to me to to just be completely dependent mm-hmm. on someone. Like I'm mm-hmm. I, I'm not even completely dependent on my father. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. so 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 for it to be my husband is is really weird. When mm-hmm. yeah, when I was 15, I got my first job when I was 16. And I wasn't doing anything with the money. I, I wasn't like buying clothes or anything, but I kept on saving the money because I felt like one day my mom will need money and I'll have something to give her. And it worked out exactly that way. I remember she needed money and I was so proud to give her money. Mm. I felt so good that I could help mm. my mom out. Mm. So that's the way I'm thinking about it. I'm like, if something happens to the man, and this is not about if your marriage breaks up, no. But say he falls sick or he loses a job or whatever the case might be. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you have a pandemic right now. A lot of people have mm-hmm. lost their jobs. Mm-hmm. What if you encounter a situation like that? At least you're able to step up to a place and say, don't worry, I got you. Mm-hmm. I have some mm-hmm. money saved or mm-hmm. I'm making some money. Exactly. I mean, I think it's nice to be able to support yourself spouse you know versus everything i don't know i would feel strange um but i've been told i've been cautioned that i I might be coming on too strong when i say women should have their own thing and i'm like i'm not trying to put any woman down i just think have your own thing yes financial independence is a must for everybody man woman financial independence is a must you mustn't be you mustn't be a parasite in a relationship it should be a symbiotic relationship yeah, you your to... marriage shouldn't be parasitic. Every oh, black yeah. should have your money. This is a future podcast I'm going to have, but I want to run it by you real quick. Obviously, have you heard of the men who want to be stay-at-home husbands? <laughs> do you know that's I a really stay-at-home husband? You you do, and how how is that? Or what do you think of it? It was difficult for them to get to that point because she's a go-getter. You understand? She's very hardworking, very assertive, very focused, while her husband is laid back and all that. And for the longest time, you know, it caused a lot of problems in their marriage, but she just couldn't, she she was a single mom before she met him, you know, and when she was the single mom, she was doing all these things, she was getting ahead, and then she met this guy, it was a whirlwind relationship, she got pregnant, they got married, and the guy was just faffing around, faffing around, faffing around, and for years, you know, they got, she she was even going to divorce him and everything, but I kept on saying to her, look, I've noticed that um, go-getting women tend to attract or be attracted to lay back men, you know, I said mm. there will be a reason why that is. I said you can't have two parents that are always at work. 
you know, and coming back home late. I said, you have to make this work for you. You know, if your husband does not want to be going to work every day, then why are you paying for, for child minder? And why are you running to be dropping them? Let him stay at home. You understand? And right. look after the kids. And that's work for them. That's really work for them. All she does now, she wakes up, has a bath, has a, does her makeup. She loves makeup. She loves power dressing. You know, she has a right. fantastic job. She goes to work. Her husband, you know, takes care of the kids, takes them to school, does their lunch, pick them up from school, and do their homework with them, get them ready for bed. So when she comes back home, the food is ready. She has dinner. She mm -hmm. relaxes and, you know, and it's working for them. It's working for them. If it's working for them, is absolutely, then that's all that matters, really, as long as mm -hmm. it's working for them. Uh, mm -hmm. But what I noticed uh, or I've heard of, trends in men just seeking out women who are have good jobs mm. and then they, they these are not men who even want to take care of the kids these are not that's, men who want to what they want the to problem. do is just sit down you give so them money. the only thing they bring to the marriage is their prick Abby. pretty much that's pretty much mm. yeah yeah they bring that and they they also these men tend to also sign up for other things. Like say, say their family is doing something. They say, Oh, don't worry, I'll pay for this, although they're not working. <laughs> <laughs> then you go to your wife and say, Hey, my family they need they need three thousand or yes. or <laughs> I know someone who's always been that her family go and tell his family, don't worry, I'll carry it, I'll carry it. <laughs> <laughs> He's not working, no. He's and not working. <laughs> Then he'll go back to his wife and said, "Hey, I need a um, five hundred thousand naira." Right. Uh, my that's my share of the family. <laughs> <laughs> Who gave you share when you don't have a job? <laughs> uh, that's what you're about to say. I like the share she told that Mario should the jobless person that is uh, giving appointment for end of the month. <laughs> 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 you know that <laughs> a woman whose husband does that is just double whammy for her if your husband is not going to be working at least let him bring something to the table apart from right the right you know? right i completely agree obviously it's been such a pleasure having you on today yes it's been it has been the conversation has been just as fun as i thought it would be <laughs> Um, so before you go, are there some things that you're working on that people can connect to or connect with, uh, be a part of, anything like that? Because um, I know, you, for example, I know you have shelters. I don't have shelters anymore because you it was quite expensive to run. I, I don't have. Imagine. No, I don't have shelters anymore. So what okay. I've decided to do is just um, support the NGOs on ground there in Got any way you. that I can. If I can, if I can, if I have money to help them with, I'll, I'll give it to them. Yeah, what I'm okay. what I'm concentrating more on now, as you can see, is having conversations. You know, taboo conversations. Yeah. Yeah. On my yeah. So if people have those stories, my my daughter's daughter, if it on ABC. Two words, Ola, O-L-A, and B-C-B-I-S-I. -I. Um, yeah, so you can join the conversation there. For example, the conversation we are having right now is that um, do men really forgive infidelity in their partners? Yes. We know that we women, we are expected to forgive and forget. Of course. And then because we boys are boys. 
yes, we think, oh, men can't take it. A man, you know, a man can't, you know, if, if a woman cheats on a man. But we know that, you know, there are men who actually forgive and stay stay with the, with the partner. So that's the conversation we are having now on my wall. And, you know, please follow me um Facebook. I'm not much of an Instagram or Twitter person. So Facebook, Joppa's Daughter, if you type Joppa's Daughter or Labisi, you know, follow me there and join the conversation. If you have stories, we've talked about um, divorces, not um, divorced women not being stigmatized. If mm -hmm. you're a divorced woman and you're living, the, you know, your best life and you, you refuse to be stigmatized, please send your story in. If um, you are a woman and you, you know, you're, you've cheated on your spouse and they've forgiven you, you know, or you're a man and your spouse cheated on you and you've forgiven them, Please send your story in. We're also doing a fun one about um, hashtag I dodged the bullets. Remember about yeah. If you dated a psychopath or a narcissist, and you know you dodged, you know you dodged the life for being married to them. Yeah, please send your story in. Yeah, um, Olabisi is quite active on Facebook. She, you have thirty thousand followers. I was like, what the hell? Thirty-five thousand, yo. Thirty-five thousand. Thirty-five. My goodness. I'm sorry, I misspoke. She has thirty-five thousand followers on Facebook. This is not a like page. This is just her regular profile page. So I don't know if you can add her as a friend. You've probably reached your limit, right? I'm um. Yes, I am. But I have like a few spaces for people that I want to um invite. People that okay. I want to send um requests to. Okay. Okay. So yeah, but you can find her on Facebook. She's, she's fun. Her wall is always fun. There's always so many stories in there. Mm -hmm. um, you. When you did the one for divorce, not stigma that and women sending in their story, you know, cause I thought my story was wild, but I read some of the things on your wall and I was like, what the, what the you hell know, is going on here? baby, I told that you know? to my friends and they were so uh -huh. cool. I was like, I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> you know, that and, one broke a lot of people. Yes, yes. And, you know, my marriage lasted for was six years before I walked away. Mm. But it was in, the, in, in that sixth year, you know, after his mom came in, uh, that things really went from bad to worse. So well, my point yeah. is, I, I was basically there for a year before I was like, screw it, I'm mm. out. Yeah, and then you still mentioned for yes. 10 years, 15 ten, years. Thank God they didn't die in it. Eventually they got the stress. Yeah, that's why they're you know, able to tell the stories. You know, off the back of that of that series, so many women um inboxed me and said, Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. But because they want to get a divorce and they're thinking, should they, should they, you know, and then when they saw the strong women that have gone on to do it, they've become right. strengthened. In their, right. in, in their resolutions to move out of that marriage and some have actually left and they're thinking should I go back, maybe I'm making it you know, and they, they came across those stories and they were like, no, I'm doing this I'm doing this Yeah, yeah. So, one thing that was consistent in a lot of the women uh, was them talking about the peace of mind they felt yes. as they walked yeah. away and when I was like, I, com I completely relate, I yes, I relate to that I know what that feels like from your series, I was able to connect with Mercedes, and she mm. was a guest on last week's episode. Mercedes, oh. yeah, see, she, she has already done the thing before you. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> yeah, 
episode 11 was with Mercedes. Uh, that's the most mm-hmm. current episode now. And I also connected with somebody else and we were talking about a podcast, uh, mm-hmm. doing an episode together. So mm-hmm. it's been, and I've, it, well, I mean, since I, I shared my story in January. Huh? You should pay me commission. I should pay no problem, no problem. <laughs> How much do you want? <laughs> I'm priceless. <laughs> uh, okay, no problem. <laughs> we we um since I shared my story in January uh, mm. publicly, but since then till now, I still get messages from a lot of women um, seeking like you know advice, and and not just women, men too. Uh, mm. Mostly women, but some men seeking advice and all that kind of stuff. And it's a, I'm glad to be able to help in any way that I can. Uh, but the, what, what I'm trying to say basically is the great thing about what you're doing, not just people sharing their stories, but just you being generally open and authentic is whatever problem you're facing, you know, you tend to think you're alone in this. Mm. You're the only mm. one who has this problem. And you'd be surprised how many, yeah, how many other yeah. people are facing the same thing. I'm yeah, you speaking about it. And have come out stronger right. on right. the other side. Right. And then when you share your story, you, you're giving some other people hope that, mm-hmm. oh, this is possible. I'm not the only one who has this problem, mm-hmm. you know? Because like I said, I thought my marriage story was wild, but when I read some of the things on your wall, I was like, this is... <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah, so I was like, what am I complaining? Should I even call my ex-husband and tell him I'm sorry? Should take me back? <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you do all this too much? Take me back. I saw, I saw bigger problems. All you did was small juju. <laughs> he did. He did tell me once that I called the police over this small family issue. I said, "That's what you're calling it." <laughs> but so I'll call him back. I'll tell him, "My dear, I saw bigger problems. Oh, it was a small family issue. True, true. Take me back." <laughs> but that's how I felt reading some of the story. But I know my pastor always says that. Sometimes God assigns you a mountain so you can show others that it can be moved. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I remember the first time he said that I was in the middle of my divorce in church and that mm. made me break, break down uh, mm. and start crying. Uh, mm. But I've always remembered, I've always remembered that, you know, cause I, I tell myself, I don't know why, not just divorce, whatever challenge, it doesn't even have to be related to marriage. Mm-hmm. Whatever mm. challenge you have yeah. in life, um, mm-hmm. to, you know, sometimes you don't know why this challenge came to you. Like, why? What did I do? Mm-hmm. You know, we tend to internalize it. Like, is this something I did? You know, mm-hmm. is this is this like karma? You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't have the answer to that. I just know that I, I know not everyone can come out publicly and share whatever story they have. Mm-hmm. I know, but maybe you can help someone privately, whatever way you can. Maybe you can send it to a library seat privately or so whatever mm. way you can you should just know that whatever thing you're going through or you've gone through you're not alone somebody else has somebody else yes. is yes. and your story could be the only thing that we haven't maker. gone through before is um covid every other thing <laughs> has happened before right right yeah and even, so and even yeah and even, of everything yeah. you understand yeah yeah it will pass mm-hmm. whatever it is it will pass it will pass uh, so, oh, see, so apart from uh, um, now Facebook, is there any other way that our listeners can connect with you? They're like, you know what? This is see, I like how, how can I, how else can I connect with her? They can, <laughs> they can send me an email. I want to say at, um, send me an email to boomi at com. 
Okay, I'll put that in there. For me, I do pass out for Okay. Yeah, B U N M I. I do pass out. No, let me give you the one. Let me give the one that's easy to remember. For me, I die at yahoo.com. Yahoo.com is easy to remember. For me, I die. B U N M I. A J A I. A J A I. No Y in there. For me, I die. Uh, okay. okay, I will put that in the show notes. So if you didn't get that while she was saying it, it's going to be in the show notes. So feel free to reach right. out to her. And um, okay. obviously, thank you so much. Thank for you for coming. having me, Verastic. Thank you. It's been an absolute love pleasure. To add that Verastic, Verastic as well. <laughs> we'll do, we'll do. My little tiger, she's not in <laughs> she used to do that. Oh my goodness. That was her face. She was always rolling like a lion or a tiger, whatever it is she wanted to become. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> so All right. Uh, oh, to you and yes, so yes. Lem to you too. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. The I Am African podcast is powered by Verastic. Thank you for letting me be in your ears today. If you have not yet, please subscribe, review, and share this podcast. Do you know any remarkable Africans who should be on the show? People who have compelling stories or maybe you just have a show idea? Please send any show and guest suggestions to I am African at verastic.com that's i am african at verastic.com follow i am african podcast on instagram twitter and facebook and you can find me too at verastic on instagram twitter and facebook once again i am your host vera Ezimora. thank you for listening and i'll talk to you next week